All right, and we're back for another edition of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford for Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. Thank you so much for being a part of all of our connected shows. Well, it's that time of the year. It's just a great time indeed. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I'm going to have to edit that out. Yeah. It's a great time indeed for, for me, and I know my guest as well, because the NBA season is now upon us. It's this week. We're just so excited for it. And it all starts off with some great games on Tuesday, including a matchup with our two favorite teams, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers, because, yes, he is a Los Angeles Clippers fan. And in a way, I am happy for him because as a longstanding Clippers fan, he's had to go ahead and ride that roller coaster of, I guess, a lot of um, – uh, things going back and forth when it concerns the Clippers franchises from the had to go ahead and ride that roller coaster of, uh, I guess, uh, a lot of um, uh, things going back and forth when it concerns the Clippers franchises from the extreme lows to now the extreme highs. And I'm so happy for him in that sense as a good friend. Although as a fellow Lakers, as a Lakers fan, I'm not exactly thrilled about that end of it, but you know what? It's, it's neither here nor there. It's all It all makes for a great episode and some great conversation each and every year when I talk to him and whenever he gives us updates of what's going on in the NBA. It is my good friend. It is a good man indeed. It is Anthony Barbarin. And Anthony, just great to have you back on the program. Yeah, it's great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, all right. Yeah. As I was talking about, you've got yeah. that Tyson Chandler look, and I'll <laughs> tell you, it looks good on you, my friend. It looks good well, on thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very all much. All right. There you go. Hopefully, you'll be able to score more points than he will for the Houston Rockets. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you heard about that contract with Nene. I don't know what was going on. That was trying. That was some chicanery stuff that was going on. But uh, now they can't play him more than ten games this season, so they really put themselves in a bind. So Tyson better pull through as far as the backup center is concerned. Yeah, I, I think he'll fit. I mean, they still have. Um, uh, I think they've got Hartenstein, the kid Hartenstein as well for the back. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think the center they gave a, a contract to a few years back. Oh, uh, Capella. Capella, Clint Capella. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they got him up front, but as, oh, yeah, as a backup, him. if he gets hurt or anything like that, yeah, it's uh, right. can't play Nene. You can't play Nene. <laughs> right. But it is going to be a great NBA season, and we're going to be watching more than that, more than uh, more than Nene Hilario out there because you know you can't catch him more than ten games. But it is going to be a great season. We're going to be following his Clippers and my Lakers all season long. There's going to be a lot of anticipation for what those teams and other teams are doing this year because. For the first time since I've been talking to Anthony, we don't have to talk about, you know, oh, it's going to be the Warriors again, la-di-da-di-da, you know, same old, same old, Warriors-Cavs, Warriors-Warriors, Warriors-Warriors. Not that this year because even though the Warriors still have a chance, they certainly have gotten gotten that diminished because of the injuries and things of that, you know, and obviously departure of Kevin Durant and all that, so – I ask you, my friend, we're going to start out with the top eight in the East for you, Eastern Conference picks. We're going to start that way because, you know, we always say the Western Conference, which is the more slightly weighted conference when it comes to power and power <clears throat> shift is concerned for that, for, for next. So I want to hear your thoughts first on the Eastern Conference. If you have a top eight to go to right now who are making the playoffs, where would you lean and why? Actually, I think for the Eastern Conference, um, from the way I look at it, it, I pretty much see it 
I don't not as far as seeding um one through eight, but but the teams that make it that are, that are gonna make it are pretty much the same outside of a few, maybe one tweak, two tweaks. Um I think Miami might get in and um either Brooklyn or Orlando falls out, but I, I, I see from the I mean Milwaukee's gonna be in. Uh they got the MVP. Toronto loses Kawhi, but I think they're still a good enough team. They're gonna they're gonna be in the playoffs. Philadelphia. Some people think they're gonna be better than last year. As far as a whole, I like the Jimmy Butler fit with them last year better than I like the Al Horford fit with them this year. Um, but they're still too talented to not make it. They'll be in there, they'll be a top four seed. I think Boston will surprise some people um with Kyrie out of the way, um, allowing those young guys to actually, you know, be the players that most people thought they were going to be last year. Um, Indiana, uh, they're getting their star back. Uh, so, you know, they won 48 games last year. I think they'll still be there. Uh, Detroit added Derrick Rose. I th- think that's going to help. Um, I think they severely lacked on the perimeter. Um, so that takes also some of the ball handling playmaking away from Blake. I think that'll help. Uh, and then to me, like I said, I think it's down to Brooklyn and Orlando for that that final that seventh spot, um, because uh, I think one of those two will fall out, and Miami with Jimmy Butler will, will slip in. Uh, but that's how I see it shaking out. All right, that's a good list for you, my friend. I I like that list a lot. There's a couple tweaks I would make into it. Milwaukee, I think season-wise, as far as for the regular season, I think they've got a team built for that, uh, built for the regular season. I see them getting close to, if not 60 wins that they got last year. So I see Milwaukee being still number one as far as the overall Eastern Conference is concerned. Philadelphia will be not too far behind. I think they've really got a solid team. I still think athleticism and shooting is still something they have to worry about and depth. I think they still got some issues there, but you can't go wrong when you've got a, uh, a big three of Joel Embiid, Al Horford, and Ben Simmons. As long as they stay healthy, along with Tobias Harris, I think they're going to be a good nucleus that are really locked down on the defensive end, so they're number two. Boston, I just think because of the sheer number of talent that they have, they're still going to be around 45, 47 wins, so I'm going to put them around the number three mark for me. I know that's a popular choice. I don't think they have enough in their team anymore, which is kind of funny because you and I have always remarked about the treasure chest of different picks that they had and talent that they had. And over the course of the time, the way Danny Ainge has not been able to pull the trigger on that one or two tweaks to get them over the top has been disappointing, I guess, for Boston Celtics fans. But this will be a make-or-break year for Boston. I still don't see them in their current configuration getting close to the top two in Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Brooklyn, I think, is going to be right on the heels of Boston. I think with Kyrie, with Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie, and also as well, Karis LeVert, I think that makes up a good, solid nucleus. They have a nice all-around team outside of, of course, not having Kevin Durant in there. But I think they're going to go ahead and finish right around the number four or number five slot. I think I'm going to call them number four at this point in time. Toronto? There's your world champs for you, my friend, because I think it's going to go down for them a little bit, although they still have a respectable record. The only reason I say that is because, obviously, when you get rid of such a talented figure such as Kawhi 
And then also you get rid of uh, also Dwight, uh, Danny Green has left town as well. So those two are major factors as far as the overall defense. And of course, offensive efficiency, that to me is going to be an issue going forward. And then if you have them anywhere near the 500 mark or not exactly at the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, they might trade off some of those assets like uh, Ibaka and Gasol. I think they'll go ahead and trade off those assets, making them a less efficient team, but still worthy of making the playoffs. After that, in number six spot, you have Indiana. It's a quality team, but it's not a team that scares you. I don't think there's anything really on that team that's going to go ahead and scream out top of uh, top of the food chain when it comes to the Eastern Conference, but still a team that's good enough to squeak in. Miami with Jimmy Butler, that's going to be just an interesting ride just to see what that alpha male is going to do now that, that he, now that he has his own team, now that he can't complain about being a number two or being ignored when it comes to the previous teams that he's on. It's good to see that Jimmy Butler will now finally have his own team on South Beach, and I see them, Miami, at number seven. And at number eight, it's a team that I didn't hear you speak of, but I still think has enough talent to be fine, to finally make that push into the playoff mix, Chicago and the Chicago Bulls. I think they're just going to sneak in by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin when it comes to them making the playoffs in the eighth seed just ahead of teams like we've talked, like you talked about Detroit and, uh, you know, anybody, uh, Atlanta. I know that's another team that's eyeing the playoffs. So I think they're going to go ahead and squeak in that eighth spot as well. So those are my picks in the Eastern conference. Obviously you had a great, some great choices yourself, my friend, in the song, as far as the Eastern conference, when it comes to the top of the Eastern conference, as you see the playoffs align, who do you think will come out on top in the Eastern Conference? Um, I mean, I think clearly the two best teams are Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Um, I think those are the two teams that, you know, have positioned themselves to be at the top. I think when the playoffs come, I think they have the most talent. I think they have the most camaraderie. Um, they play with each other. So I think it'll be those two. And... I don't like the subtraction of Jimmy Butler. I, I think Milwaukee probably pulls it out. Um, and in in, in the season one in the Eastern Conference. That's how I see it. That's actually a very good choice. Uh, so you see Milwaukee there. I'm actually going to go a little differently. And the only reason why is because, as you saw in last year's playoffs with Giannis Antetokounmpo, he can be if he doesn't have his shot working from the outside, which you and I both know has been a regular occurrence. He can be stopped in a playoff format because teams will scheme against him. And I think if there's any team to scheme against him, is this, is that big front line of Al Horford and Joel Embiid. So if they're healthy, I think they can scheme a good plan against uh, against Milwaukee strong enough to go ahead and move on into the Eastern Conference uh, finals and beyond and become the Eastern Conference champion. I think there'll be one or two more tweaks that Philadelphia will do from now until the playoffs that will actually get them over the hump as far as to help shore up that bench and do things to get them in a position where they, where they're, where they will be back in the finals. So I'm looking forward to that. I just, like I said, I think, I think when it comes down to it, Giannis going up against that massive front line of Horford and Embiid, you know, provided they're healthy, especially when it comes to Embiid, will be, I think, a little bit too much to handle. 
Yeah, I. Because either he's a penetrator. Giannis is a right, penetrator. Right, right. But so to me, especially if his shot isn't four, working. If you move him to the four, um, against that lineup, and they have to step out. The thing is, it especially with Lopez. Now the floor is spread. To me, you you can't with the the Al Horford edition. Those are still I don't love Al Horford, but he's a, again he's a year older. He's a year slower. He's a you're playing you're, you're again trying to play two bigs in in today's NBA where everything's spread out. I think that can come back to haunt Philadelphia. Um, and my problem with them last year, uh, well, with I'm sorry, this year as opposed to last year's, who who is your closer? Because your best player, the guy who has the ball, can't shoot. Yeah, he made a three in the preseason, but he can't shoot and he's reluctant to shoot. So when you got to get a basket, who are you going to go to? Um, I don't really trust him in that sense. Um, but the thing I do like that they did is the one guy who had given Joel and B fits was Al Horford, and they removed him from the equation. So that may come into play, but that that's you lost JJ Reddick. It's just I, I don't see where they get the, the outside shooting from. Um, the uh, they'll have to trade for it. I mean, I agree with you there. They'll have to trade for it. Josh Richardson has to be somewhat stable as an outside shooter. Tobias Harris has to be more of LA Clipper Tobias Harris than Philadelphia 76er Tobias Harris. He has to be worthy of that big contract he signed over the summer. So it has to be something where they have to be deep threats that get the whole defense on the other side distracted. And when it comes to guarding Atentacumpo, Simmons can do an effective enough job to, I think, stave off that type of defense. Plus, the guys can wall in. Joel Embiid can wall in that defense. And if you're talking about Brooke Lopez on the outside, if you have Al Horford stay on the outside, you still have Joel Embiid down low to go ahead and take care of everything down there, provided, again, he's healthy and in shape to go ahead and, and be, of course, through the playoffs. I think there's a lot of ifs. I agree with you. But I think that Philadelphia, to me, matches up in a playoff series, I think a little bit better by just a minute margin over Milwaukee. And I think they're going to go ahead and go into the finals for the Eastern Conference. My friend, we're headed to the Western Conference. <laughs> it's a stack conference. This it it really took me a long time to think of my top eight for that, for that conference. I, it was really some tough sledding. I'm going to give the pain over for you as far as the painful decisions that you will now have to make in the regular season for the Western Conference. And I know there will be some teams that are going to be load managing and not have the kind of record that I think you and I think they would have. And there will be other teams that are pining themselves for a Western Conference top seed. So I want to hear your thoughts because this is going to be very interesting on this loaded Western Conference where the top where are the eight? Where are the top eight seeds will pan out? Um. So I, I actually see the uh, the Western Conference, much like the Eastern Conference, shaping out not in seeding, but just in who gets in, pretty much the same way it did last year. Outside of I think uh, Oklahoma City falls out. I think the Los Angeles Lakers jump in, um, and then I think Dallas will fight for that eighth seed, but. Uh, as far as the seeding goes, I think Denver most likely ends up with the top seed. Uh, having to play them, they, they're you know their style 
um, having to play them up in Denver in that altitude coming off back-to-backs. That's usually how they get uh, most of their wins in the regular season. They're still a young team, so they're about winning and getting seeding. So I think they'll be up there, uh, number one. I think you'll see teams like uh, I think Houston will be up there uh, as far as regular season wins. Uh, then you have, you know, you have your Portland's. Portland's, I know every year, to me, Portland is the reverse of the Los Angeles Chargers. Like every year they pick the Chargers and every year the Chargers disappoint. Every year they I hear you Portland, on that one. And every year Portland makes the playoffs and they win 50 games or 49 games. Uh, and I think this year will be much the same. I think they'll win 50-plus games. Um, I think they'll be a top-four seed. So I think they'll be up there. I think um, Utah, um, but you have to teams like, you know, I think the, the Clippers are going to win 55, 56, 57 games. Um, so I think they'll be a top-four seed. I, I'm, the Lakers, I think you'll, we'll see in, like, the fifth seed. Uh, simply because I don't know if I trust Anthony Davis to stay healthy. Um, if if I expect them to mesh so early in the season, um, but I think it, the same thing with the Clippers is why I don't have them super high. You missing Paul George for the first ten games, they have to mesh. But these two are the teams that I expect once you get to half the season over All Star break, it's when they turned it up, and and you'll see the difference. Regardless of the seeding and the rest of the year, or who are, who are at the top seeds, you'll see these guys, these teams that you know. Okay, they have a shot. They have a shot. Um, so, excuse me. If I'm, let me say what I was saying. I have Denver, uh, Houston, <clears throat> Portland, Clippers, uh, Lakers, and then I have. Uh, Golden State, San Antonio, I'm sorry, Utah, Golden State, San Antonio. And then I think uh, Dallas will fight San Antonio and Golden State for those last two spots. Very interesting. Nice picks right there. I, I really like where your head is at, especially in the assessment that the Lakers and the Clippers come playoff time will prove to be two of the strongest teams out there in the Western Conference. I agree with your assessment on that. I still think the Clippers, I think, will load manage, and I think also as well the fact that Paul George is 10 games, missing at least the first 10 games. I think that's going to be a little bit of a detraction for the start for the L.A. Clippers, although we're talking semantics here, my friend, because Vegas has five has five teams in the Western Conference over 50, winning over 50 games. I agree with them on that assessment. There will be five Western Conference teams over 50 wins. I think you're talking about 50 to 55 wins for this entire next five that I have on my list. So I'm going to start off with your uh, in agreement 100% on number one. I think Denver will be first in the Western Conference just because they do have that unique Denver home court advantage. Plus, they have a team that's deep, that is built for the regular season, probably better than any other team outside of maybe Milwaukee in the NBA. I think they just have 
bodies they can throw at people night in, night out that can produce at a quality level each and every night. I think number two is going to be Utah, simply because they also have a kind of not as much of a home court advantage as Denver, but they do play in altitude. And I think that also they have a team that has made some nice moves in the offseason. So I think Utah does have a team that's also built very well for the regular season. Number three, I think, is the Los Angeles Lakers because I think they're going to be motivated and provided they stay healthy. Again, that's a big if. And you're right with Anthony Davis. That's always a big if, I-F, right there for you. That if he stays healthy, he could be in the running for the MVP along with LeBron. I think one of those two will actually, if not both, be very, very close to the MVP balloting. Although I don't think they'll both get it because I think they'll cancel each other out to some extent because I know Vegas has them both around 10 to 1 for a reason. And if both play at their potential for 70-plus games, I think it could be something of a very special season for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think maybe one game or two games max behind them is the Los Angeles Clippers, and that's only because they're going to be gearing for the playoffs the whole season long. I think they're going to try and do what they can to rest George and rest Kawhi enough to give them the type of impetus for the playoffs. Mind you, they will not have Kawhi outside of an injury, having him rest 22 games like Toronto did last season. But I clearly see maybe 10 to 15 games in that range, possibly. And also, George, not only will he miss the 10 games in the beginning of the season, but you figure with load management in, that's another 5 to 10 right there for you. So I think when it comes down to it, you're talking semantics between those four teams. But with the Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, I see 52 to 54 wins from those two teams right there for you. Houston is going to be right on their heels, but that's going to be an experiment to see if Westbrook and Harden can really coalesce as a unit. I think it's going to be very fun for us to watch how many times Russell Westbrook is going to get mad at James Harden over the course of the season for James Harden dominating the ball. I think we'll be, you and I, when we'll be watching the Houston Rockets, we're not going to be looking at Harden bouncing the ball for 23 seconds. We're going to be looking at Russell Westbrook to see just exactly how mad he's getting during the course of that time. So be that as it may, they're going to try a little bit of the it's your turn, it's my turn, it's your turn, it's my turn type of deal. From what I've seen in the preseason, I think we're going to see more of that. And that should be good for around the 50 win mark for the Houston Rockets. At number six, uh, at number five, um, yeah, number six is going to be the Portland Trailblazers. I know they've had some losses into their front line, which are really hurt, plus as well. Just uh, Nurkic is out for an extended period of time, um, and that's going to really hurt them. I don't think Hassan Whiteside is going to be as good of a level of player for them. I think he's a pretty decent player. I think he has issues sometimes that get in the way. Just check, you know, just ask Miami. Uh, but you know, properly motivated, I think he can keep Portland at a level where they're. In, a, in the hunt as far as for a fifth or sixth playoff seed. So I see them coming out in six at this point in time. Number seven is your Golden State Warriors that have seen a lot of hard times. But if we see an MVP caliber year from uh, from Stephen Curry, I mean, he will carry. He You know, he's only 6'3", but he's going to actually carry the entire team on his back as he goes ahead, <laughs> excuse me, as he goes ahead and takes the team all the way 
to the playoffs, you're going to see one of the best regular season performances, maybe outside of James Harden that we've seen in a while, because if he stays healthy, Stephen Curry will carry this team to the playoffs, uh, to a playoff seed, no matter how bad you and I think the rest of the team is after, you know, slot from slots three to 12, because it gets pretty thin as you and I have seen over the course of the preseason so far. So it's just amazing. So, Oh, we got some comments. Um, uh, Daniel G. Oh, uh, Anthony. Oh, Anthony Davis, the greatest of all time. Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't know about that, but we'll see. We'll see uh, as far as that's concerned. He's going to have a very good season provided he stays healthy. But thank you, Daniel G, for the comment. Um, getting back to what I was talking about as far as for the number seven seed, like I said, Golden State. And number eight, I know a lot of people are thinking maybe uh, a lot of people are thinking the San Antonio Spurs. I know you said the Dallas Mavericks. Hmm. I'm going to say – I'm going to sneak in. You know what? Let's go ahead for a laugh, my friend. Let's go ahead and complete the uh, let's go ahead and complete the trek upwards because we've had a lot of laughs at his expense. But Team Vlade, the Sacramento Kings, let's go ahead and sneak them in at number eight, just because the triumvirate of De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, and Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, um, oh, excuse me, Marvin Bagley the third. Those three are really good. They are young, they are energetic, and they will provide a team. Uh, they will provide Sacramento, I think, the impetus to get over the hump and become a playoff seed. Mind you, they're going to be a first round. They're going to be first round fodder for whoever comes up as far as in first, which we think, which I, which we both think is Denver. But I think the Sacramento Kings will pull off the miracle in many, many years for that for that organization and become uh, and, and hit the number eight spot. So those are some great thoughts uh, from you and also hopefully me as well in regards to what we think is uh, the going to be the playoff seating as far as the top eight concern. But seeing that how we laid it out, we both talked about the Lakers and the Clippers having those teams that match up well in a seven game series. They're not exactly maybe the teams that are going to be geared for a top seed one or two in the Western conference, but they're more aligned with probably probably trying to go ahead and move forward in the playoffs. I see both having a very long run of the playoffs, but I want to hear your thoughts, your, your thoughts on exactly who will come out in the Western conference. Um, in the Western Conference, I mean, I, I really think it boils down to as many games are, that will be won by some of these teams. Um, when you look at the rosters, you look at the playoff experience and, and, and the way they're set up for the playoffs, only see a handful of teams, you know, in the Western Conference. And uh, that's the Clippers. And that's the Lakers. That's, I mean, those are two teams I really see in the Western Conference. Unless Denver, uh, you know, one of those young players realizes some kind of potential, uh, uh, you know, ascended saying level and just, you know, pushes them over the top. I, I see it, you know, either the Lakers or the Clippers. If, if the Lakers are healthy, I think that's <clears> – <throat> The the one question mark you have, you know, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard. I'm not worried about LeBron, but you know they those guys have been injured 
most a lot of their careers and mostly of, of late. So, you know, Ow, I just take my finger. I'm out five games. <laughs> and then it's, I mean, with the Clippers, I mean, you know, Kawhi's had some trouble, Paul George, but I think you know they'll they'll manage them and they'll be ready for the playoffs. Their defense uh, will be there, so I think those are the two teams. Uh, that can really vie for uh, the the top spot in the West after the playoffs. And it's kind of a flip of of the coin. So I'm going to go with the Clippers, not because I'm a Clipper fan, but because I don't know if I necessarily trust Anthony Davis to be healthy through the playoffs. I kind of feel like it, how I felt as much as I love the guy about Blake when he was with the Clippers. is like, is he going to be healthy when the playoff time comes? Um, even if he makes it through the regular season, it always seemed like when the playoffs came, something would happen, and now you got to go games uh, with either him not playing or him being limited. And I think that really takes from uh, what you what you're able to do. So with that, I'm going to give the, the the slight nod to the Clippers, but I do think both of those teams are very close uh, in in being able to chance to compete for a championship. My friend, it was always funny when we would see Blake Griffin from the beginning of the season, you know, how he was going ahead and having his uniform to the end of the season where all the injuries started to crew up and he looked like a human bandage and it just looked like he was wrapped up from head to toe, especially when he went over to Detroit, man. It was a, uh, you know, I don't know how he's going to be able to make each season the way he does, but he tries and gets it through and all props to him. Uh, you know, it, the, the, all these moves when it concerns the Blake Griffin deal and other deals that they've made, they've been very astute. Let's give the Clippers all the props that they deserve. They've been very astute in as far as how they went about their business. They've obviously got a team that can compete for the finals. I think in the playoffs, when it comes down to it, you're exactly right. It'll come down to me. It, it'll come down to the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers. And I know you don't say that out of favoritism per se, because you've been hard on the Clippers before in our past conversations. Let's put that out there. You've been very harsh on the Clippers before and the team you love. And it's always hard when you go ahead and criticize the team you love, because you know in your heart you want them to do so well. I And, and I do try to say this as far as as best I can, you know, off the favoritism thing. But if they are healthy, I think the Lakers will go away, go all the way as far as the Western Conference is concerned because the fact that in a playoff series, if both the Lakers and the Clippers are healthy, the Lakers with that front line, I think is something that the Clippers, as of yet, barring an unexpected move, although that could change with a trade at the trading debt at the trade deadline. I think the front line of the Lakers is just a little bit too much. Uh, but again, if Anthony Davis, five games out, 10 games out, we've seen it before. You don't have very much confidence in that. I'm not exactly super 100% confident right now in that either. So I'm kind of concerned about that as well. But if they're both healthy enough, come playoff time, and you have your big two versus the big two, I think I'm going to go ahead and squeak the L.A. Lakers in a seven-game series, which would be awesome for the city of Los Angeles. It would just either which way the Clippers or the Lakers winning. It would just be truly awesome to see in a in a Western Conference final because I think they both match up better for the playoffs than any other teams in the Western Conference. And I see the Lakers going ahead 
just by the just by the narrow of a seven games maybe just like a Kawhi shot if in reverse <laughs> time you know as he walks off the court against philadelphia it'll turn around maybe lebron or ad doing the same thing to him at this point in time but you know either which way it's going to be a great series i think western conference finals with the lakers do going ahead and advancing in the western conference finals to the nba finals so that comes to the nba finals i got to hear your thoughts who you have Milwaukee versus the Clippers. I have Philadelphia versus the Lakers. Where's Allen Iverson when you need him? But anyways, your thoughts on an NBA finals between the Clippers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Who do you have? Um, I, I actually, between the Clippers and the Milwaukee Bucks, I would have to go with the Clippers. I think, uh, like you said, the thing with Giannis is, his lack of shooting um, allows you to play a certain style of defense against him and, and game plan against him, wall him off um, and make other guys have to beat you. And then when you couple that with the perimeter defense that the Clippers are going to have with Patrick Beverly and Kawhi and Paul George, um, I, I just, I think it'll, it'll be too much for Giannis by himself. Um, I know they have Chris Middleton, but it, I don't think they have enough. Middleton has not proven himself in the playoffs. Middleton is not someone who has proven himself. And, and, and again, Middleton's not a guy who creates his own shot. You know, he's not that type of a player or creates for others. So um, I don't think he, in that regard, takes some of the, you know, he's able to take the pressure off of Giannis. Uh, I think. Uh, Eric Bledsoe has that capability as far as handling the ball and, and, and driving, you know, drive kick game. But I just don't think they have. I'm, I'm always more partial to teams with multiple guys that can get you, that can win a game for you. And to me, Giannis is their guy to that can win a game for them. But I think the Clippers have more guys that can win a game that can go off for 30 in a game. Or you know have a have a quarter where you know they just take over a game, and so I give them the nod. I think the Clippers would win it in six. Actually, the that's very astute. The reason why you you said is not only because the Clippers have ult, um, multiple individuals that can take over a game, like you indicated, whether it's Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or even Lou Williams who can take over a quarter for a period of time as long as you don't ask him to play defense. Meanwhile, the rest of the team can play defense. Landry Shamit can go ahead and shoot from the outside. You have Montrez Harrell, who, if he can really get going on the pick-and-roll game, could really do an, uh, can do a nice job as well. So you have all those facets making them a quality team and a very good choice for your NBA champion. And, yes, there is some favoritism between what you and I say as far as me for the Lakers, you for the Clippers, but we have over the years been hard on both uh, organizations. So I think we can say with confidence that that team, that choice of yours is very astute. And I think, yes, even though you are a huge Clippers fan, you can detach yourself enough to say, hey, I'm looking at this thing overall and I see the Clippers going all the way. So I definitely understand that. With Milwaukee, the reason why I didn't, another reason why I didn't put them in the finals was because I think that loss of Malcolm Brogdon will hurt them very much. I think he was their version of Fred Van Vliet, who is someone during the course of playoffs can hit you a number of threes over the course of time. He can get very hot because he's a very good shooter from deep. 
And I think not having him there in the lineup during a playoff crunch time is going to be, it's going to hurt Milwaukee overall. So I want to go ahead and talk about my NBA finals prediction right now. And that's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. I think they're going to go ahead and uh, that one, two punch of Anthony Davis and LeBron James is going to go ahead, is going to go ahead and, overcome anything that the Philadelphia 76ers can throw at them. So I think at this point in time, the Los Angeles Lakers are my pick because that that one-two punch of LeBron and Anthony Davis, provided they are healthy. And again, you've said it best, provided they are healthy. That's a big if. I think that if is going to be answered, I think they're both motivated to be healthy this year, especially with AD going on a contract year and LeBron on a redemption year. I think you have all these things aligned and the Lakers are going to probably tweak the roster a couple times more, just enough to go ahead and put it out on top. Well, all right, my friend, those are our predictions on the NBA season. One last thought, a uh, couple last questions on the way out. And that is your choices for the MVP rookie of the year and sixth man before we head on out. Okay. Uh, my rookie of the year is I, uh, I know he's a little banged up right now. He's out six to eight weeks. And, and I still think – I think actually he'll be back sooner than that. I know that's the early prognosis, but uh, I don't think he'll be out that long. I think maybe he'll miss for, you know, uh, a month. Um, but I, I think not only stats-wise as far as total stats, but when he gets there uh, – what he can do on the court. I, and I think a couple with your, your guy, uh, Lonzo Ball, is really going to be uh, help him. In, I mean, he's not there by himself. I think he'll average. Uh, he's New Orleans guy now. He He's no longer our guy. <laughs> him and BBB, uh, they're long gone. Yeah. Just like the site itself, it's long gone. Yeah. It's long he, gone. He actually looks a lot better, man, so far in the preseason. I think he'll have a, a really solid year. But I think Zion will uh, average – you know, 19 points a game, eight boards. I think he'll block shots. I think uh, he'll do a whole lot for that franchise in, in, in this uh, in this first year. I think he'll be uh, the rookie of the year. He'll have all the, the accolades and everything. I think uh, he's a clear-cut favorite. My sixth man of the year, um, I think it'll come down to a few people. Again, you got Lou Williams, who – Seems like he's there every year. Uh, Montrez, again, I think will be in it. Uh, a, a nod to Michael Porter Jr. in Denver. Um, that's uh, essentially a first-year player. Uh, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to uh, Montrez this year. I think um, unless they figure they want to start him, which I don't think they will. I think he'll, he might start you know, during the Paul George absence, but I think he'll go back to the bench. And uh, he'll get a lot more uh, easy role opportunities. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Montrez. And then my MVP, it, my MVP is going to be between three people. It'll be between Giannis again, uh, LeBron, and Steph. If Steph can somehow have the kind of year where they win games, because I'm not underestimating D'Angelo Russell. And with that team, I think he's a good player. Um, it's it's can he play off the ball comfortably? Uh, but if Steph can have the kind of year where he averages 30 points and shoots, you know, 50, 40, 90 again and 
and gets them in the top four seed, then I think he he can definitely uh, be the MVP. Uh, and then, you know, I, and LeBron is my last one. I think you could see LeBron actually average a, a double double this year. And he's, I mean, he's always going to average 25 plus points. That's just, he's just, you know, he always gets to knock that he's not a scorer, even though he'll end his career as the greatest scorer of all time. Um, but he'll average 25 plus points. I can see him averaging 11 assists with his team. When you got guys like Anthony Davis, <clears throat> um, JaVale McGee, Dwight, who he can just throw the ball up at the rim and they'll, and they'll get, wide open shots can do you guys have enough shooting to get to knock down open jumpers when he passes but I, I can see him averaging 25 and 11 um so i think he'll be in it too i'm gonna say uh though that Giannis will probably win it again regular season uh big numbers 60 wins uh so i can definitely see him winning it again all right, my friend. My quicks real my picks real quick are as follows. Six man, six man. I'm gonna go with Kyle Kuzma because if he stays as six man, I think he's gonna provide enough points to get people uh, you know, talking about him and the Kyle Kuzma brand and the Puma and the Puzma and all that stuff and, and all that. But uh, I think that when you have two great players, uh, two very good players like Lou Williams and Montres Harrell. I think it's going to be always tough to keep on voting for one of those two because they will always do so well that they kind of split votes in a way. But Luke Williams has been, been managed to do such a great job as six man. You know, he possibly could be six man again because this could be a situation where he really could do well one more time for the Clippers. But I think Kyle Kuzma, if he scores around 18 points a game, will be in the hunt. It will be in the hunt. You have for rookie of the year. Because like I said, Zion is out six to eight weeks. If it's not Zion, who I think it will actually be because <laughs> that just tells you how bad the rookie class is, it's going to be John Morant. That would probably be my pick as far as for a second on that. But if not, it will be Zion. I think you know you could be out three months for all I know, for all I care. You know, at that point in time, you're still he's going to come back with such a fervor that you know what it's just his, it's his to lose. I don't think that changes the odds one bit. Yeah, he's out six to eight weeks, but I think they are going to make it the full eight weeks because I think the organization is going to take it very slow with him. They're going to be very careful. He's going to be like on tissues. They're actually going to go ahead. The general manager is going to go ahead of New Orleans, David Griffith. He's going to actually go down and make sure that you know he's he's walking on air mattresses to make sure that he stays comfortable. That he because of the future is so bright for him, and they want to make sure that he he his knee is in hundred hundred percent tip top shape. For MVP, I think you hit it right on the head. If the if the Warriors are in the top four, it's because of Steph Curry. That's because Steph Curry has an MVP season. But if they're not in the top four, which I don't think they are, I think you're going to have to go ahead and uh, – I'm going to have to probably say it's going to be Giannis again. If not, James Harden, Joel Embiid, and then the duo in Los Angeles of – uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard, and then the duo in Los Angeles of LeBron and AD. I think they're all going to be in their mix, provided all three, all of them are healthy. I think Jokic of Denver is also got to be a great choice that a lot of people aren't talking about as much. So he's someone that if the team goes to 60 wins, that he definitely has to be up there in the top three picks as well. So, so there's some things to think about when it comes to the NBA season. 
You've been great as always, my friend. I definitely. Oh, go ahead. Dark, dark horse candidate, Luka Doncic. There you go. If I think he he's a year. Through. I think he's a year away. Yeah. I, I think he's a year away, but definitely the sky's the limit for him. I think he's going to be an outstanding player, and a lot of people will actually, a lot of free agents will start looking towards Dallas as far as a destination in the coming years. That's for sure, just because of the things that he can do on the court. Mm -hmm. I think that's very. I think that's very astute as well of you to say that. But it is, my friend, Anthony Barbarin. It's once again our yearly picks on the NBA. Any last thoughts on the way out? Um, no, I'm excited, man. We're one day away. Games, you know, season starts tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be enjoyable. I think for the first time in a long time, I mean, we really don't have any big threes. Uh and so we get to, you know, we get parity. We get teams that anybody can really challenge. I mean, even though we we have our picks and our, you know, our guesses at who are going to be the real, real contenders. But, I mean, with two, you know, most teams having two stars instead of three, uh, three and four, uh, you know, it, 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 it's wide open. And it's going to be a very, very interesting season and i'll probably watch more games in total than i've watched in a few years so it's uh i'm excited it will be an exciting season for the first time in a long time you and i don't have to go ahead and repeat same old same old golden state golden state golden state it is something that uh it is going to be a season that there's going to be a lot of contenders vying for that vying for that larry o'brien trophy come uh, come next June. So it's going to be something very interesting to see. And you and I will actually go ahead and throughout the season, check in from time to time. I want to hear your thoughts on the season as it progresses, as the major news come out, comes out, not only as far as for the trade deadline, but all, you know, just over the course of the season, I want to check in with you because it's just always so great to talking to, uh, always so great to talk to you. Clippers fan aside, you and I will be just happy to see our teams at a level where they can go ahead and now truly have a battle for LA for the first time in seemingly yeah. forever. They can truly compete at a level commensurate to each other. It's always been one or the other for the past 10, 15 years. And now finally we can say that the battle for LA can truly begin. My friend, it's always great talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speaking to me today. Th thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. And I just, Looking forward to have you back on again right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.